Get ready to go courageously and live victoriously as you move forward into the life God has prepared for you. Welcome to the Past to Power show with your hosts, Amy Elaine Martinez and Latan Roland Murphy, two friends, both devoted wives and moms who have a passion for Jesus and huge hearts for the broken. Amy Elaine is an inspirational speaker, author, and Bible teacher. Latan is an award-winning author, sought-after speaker, and Bible teacher, too. Get ready for some real talk about real life and answers to how you can move beyond your past to live in God's power today. Now, here's your hosts, Amy Elaine and Latan. Hey, friends. Welcome to Past to Power. I'm your host, Amy Elaine Martinez. And I'm your other host, Latan Roland Murphy. We're excited to have you here with us today. We always want to encourage you to go courageously and live victoriously as you move forward into the life God has prepared for you. So welcome to the show. And today we have a great interview for you. We are talking to Peter Warren. He's a native of Sydney, Australia. He is an uh, international leader in Youth with a Mission. He and his wife, Linda, pioneered the YWAM Denver campus and have served there since 1984. Peter is a sought-after Bible teacher known for his down-to-earth teaching style and passion for the Word of God. He has ministered in over 100 countries and serves currently as the regional facilitator for YWAM in the Western United States and Canada. And today we're going to be talking about his book, When the Shooting Stopped, Where is God? God, when we suffer, this is such a great topic for 2021 after we got to the other side of 2020. And Peter, welcome to the show. Great to be with you, Amy, Elaine and Latan. Well, I'm so happy to meet you because my son and my now daughter-in-law were both a part of Youth with a Mission. I'm just grateful for you and for your wife and for the ministry that you're doing and how you invested um, in my kids yeah, my pleasure. Yeah, and chances are I haven't met them, but you never know. But five million people have gone through mm, so YWAM awesome. in some form or another in the last 60 years. Wow. So, wow, that's so incredible. You know, we we want to talk today a little bit about your book, and people won't, everyone won't know. We have listeners from all over the nation, and they might not remember the story that sparked your book where we are talking about hope from tragedy. Could you give a, just a real quick brief synopsis of how you started writing this book? And then we really want to delve into the spiritual warfare and just the tools that you have that you talk about in the rest of the book. Yeah, well, um, about 25 years into our time here, we had a former student who had turned away from God and um, really had allowed a lot of junk into his life and been involved in occult and some other things, but mostly he just uh, had built up offenses against God and the church. Uh, had He was a former student of ours and came back, uh, wanted to commit a massacre uh, and open fire, uh, shot four of our staff, uh, two of them terrorists that night, uh, Tiffany Johnson, our hospitality coordinator, and one of our other staff, uh, Philip Krauss, who was on his way to Kazakhstan as a missionary. And uh, so, you know, it was a horrible situation. Uh, you know, why, why do things like this happen? Uh, as I travel around the world, I find that the question, especially that young people have, is, uh, you know, why do bad things happen to innocent people? I mean, if God was truly just, they reason bad things would only happen to bad people. Uh, if God is love, as the Bible claims, why is there so much suffering in the world he created? And 
there are no easy answers, but it, it set me on a pathway to write the story. There was amazing things that came forth from this. Many people coming to Christ, uh, a whole theme of forgiveness that impacted a lot of people. Uh, but as I began to write it, you know, the Holy Spirit sometimes has a little bit different of, a, of an agenda, and he tapped me on the shoulder, and I felt like he wanted me to write about all the different categories of suffering in our world, and where is he in the middle of that? And, you know, looking at it through the lens of the Bible, so if, if we want to have a Christian, a Christian biblical worldview, uh, we want to look at everything that happens through the lens of Scripture. And so um, I, I take 10 different categories of suffering in the world, like selfishness. You mentioned uh, Satan and the, the, the forces of darkness. Uh, I talk about sin entering the world. You know, the explanation for sickness and death is not God, but it's sin. And uh, God does test us, and God does judge sin because he is the moral ruler of the universe. And anyway, I go into a lot of these different categories, and then there are people who actually lay down their lives for the cause of Christ. Uh, you think of the five missionaries who went to the Alca Indians and were speared to death in Ecuador. And anyway, so I leave no stone uncovered here in, in the book. Uh, but really, uh, you know what? It's a defense of God's character. I think hmm. more than anything else, that's what the book is about. A defense of God's character. I love that. I really want to jump towards chapter seven, the kingdom of darkness, because our world seems so dark today. And I want to read the quote that you have from C.S. Lewis right there. It says, there is no neutral ground in the universe. Every square inch, every split second is claimed by God and counterclaimed by Satan. That is a powerful quote to think about how dark our world is today and how we can see God's goodness in that. Can you help us to understand that better? Is that a, even a good question of Yes. That chapter. Yes. It's not an easy question. You know, why does the devil exist? As far as we know uh, from the, the, the explanation the scriptures give us is uh, Lucifer was a beautiful angel uh, that God created, but he created him like us in that he had a free will. And he chose uh, to turn against God. And as far as we know, this this was the first time that an evil act uh, has ever been committed in history. Uh, he was able to influence, he's, he's called an angel of light. He was able to influence many other angels to go with him. He launched an attack to overthrow God's kingdom. Uh, the book of Revelation, a lot of it relates to the future, but some of it, Bible scholars believe, is a flashback to something that took place many years ago. And Revelation 12, 7 says that war broke out in heaven. I mean, just think of the picture that is painted there. War broke out in heaven. And here this, this being who has different disguises, he comes as a serpent. Sometimes he comes as an angel of light. And here in Revelation, he comes as a dragon. And he tries to overthrow God's kingdom, but he can't. And he's sent to the earth. Um, Jesus reflecting this event uh, in Luke 10, 18, said, uh, I saw Satan fall from the sky like lightning. And, and so he, he lives on this earth. He shares this planet with us. His 
main thing he tries to do is to to uh, accuse God. He is the accuser of God and of Christians in particular. Uh, even in the Garden of Eden, he accused God. He, he gave Adam and Eve a sense that God had a hidden agenda, and uh, he continues to do this. And so in the world today, there really is another reality behind the reality that most people see and believe in in their worldview, which is not just the physical realm, but there is there's another reality, and that is that there is a battle behind the battles on earth. And it's a mostly invisible battle, but it's very real. I love the title of your book, and it really grabs me. And I want you to expand on the the thought of when the shooting stopped. What changed for you when the shooting stopped? There's a part on the back of your book where you say God's role in our lives and circumstances. And then you make a, a note here saying, how could he, how could he becomes how awesome is he? What would you want to say to the listeners about those thoughts that you included here on the book cover? Yeah, that was actually a friend of mine, Jeff Coors, who who wrote that, saying, as you read the book, you'll go from uh, the thought of how could he, how, how could God allow this to happen to how awesome is he? Um, so uh, the, the two who, uh, who lost their lives, I believe were martyrs, and and I'll tell you why. So, um, the day before the shootings, my wife and I came back from celebrating our anniversary. Uh, anniversary, we were in California. Flew back in. I went into our worship time that we have three times a week uh, in our YWAM community. And the theme that week is, what will it take for revival to come to this generation? Mm. And. Uh, one of our leaders got up, uh, Stacy Miller, and she said, we have to respond to what the Lord's saying. And this was the response. If you want to say to the Lord, Lord, I give you my life, uh, regardless of the cost, I just want to see many people come to you. Would you come to the middle? And in a room of about 200, about 20 people came to the middle. We laid hands on them, prayed over them, and then ended the meeting. The next day, the shootings happened. And I didn't know until about a week later uh, that it was pointed out to me that the two that died actually went forward. Mm. The other two, even though one of them got a bullet in the neck, he survived, uh, they, they didn't perish. But why would God, if Tiffany and Philip said, God, we give you our lives to impact our generation for you, regardless of the cost, why would God allow this to happen? Um, I believe that Tiffany and Phil were looking down from heaven in the coming months because this is what was about to take place. There was a a production company that came to us who wanted to do a reality TV show of our snowboard discipleship training school. These are radical young people who who were Jesus freaks, who and this was about to begin. Uh, and so a movie was done called Jesus Freaks uh, about the shootings. It started with the shootings and it went on the journey of of these young people whose lives are transformed. We traveled all over the world. I showed the movie in in uh, uh, in the Ukraine, in Europe, and the UK, and Australia, throughout the U.S. It's not an exaggeration to say that thousands of people came to Christ, mm. and and many recommitted their lives to Christ. But but um, why would God 
use Tiffany's story and Philip's story? Well, interestingly enough, and I'm, I, I won't take too much longer on this, but this is why Jeff wrote, you will come to the place of saying, how awesome is he? Some of the girls on our staff were going through Tiffany's belongings to pack them up, and they came across her journal. And so the question is this. Um, could God have allowed what this young man who shot people, he wanted to commit a massacre, what he intended for evil, to actually use it for good? And in Tiffany's journal, there were two final scriptures she had written out, and one of them was Genesis 50, verse 20, where Joseph says to his brothers, uh, you intended this for evil, but God intended it for good for the saving of many lives. Mm -hmm. And so I, I believe with all my heart that these two laid their lives down. Now, someone just looking at, at this without an eternal perspective would say, how terrible. Two young people in their 20s died. But from an eternal perspective, uh, I believe they laid down their lives that others might come to Christ. They were seeds that fell into the ground and died. And this is a difficult concept for someone who doesn't have a, a perspective of eternity to understand. But... I believe this is the the perspective that the Bible puts forth. I think having God's perspective is really difficult for many people. And I think that Tan had another question for you. What were you going to? I just think I want to say I agree with you. It is hard for people to wrap their mind around situations like yeah. this and be able to see a loving God in such a, a an act of what seems like such hate and evil. Um, yeah. And then I look yeah. to one of the scripture verses that means the world to me. And I just felt like I should read this. You made reference to revelations 12 anyway, um, is revelation 12, 10 and 11, where it reads now the salvation and power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down who accuses them day and night before our God. And they have conquered him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony for they loved not their lives, even unto mm. death. And when you were sharing how, yeah. You thought they were martyrs. I mean, that was a scripture verse that kept coming up. And, you know, yeah. that's a that's really an interesting thing. I mean, what where does your heart go when we read that? Uh, yeah, I think that the the big picture, the ultimate reality is uh, this world is going to come to an end and Satan and the powers of darkness are going to be cast into the lake of fire. God's going to create a new heaven and a new earth. And this, this earth is sort of like a trial run where we're, uh, we're not yet at the place that was the original plan. In the Garden of Eden, there was no sin. And now Satan had access to it, but in heaven that won't exist. And God is going to wipe away every tear from our eyes. The end of the book of Revelation, he says, There'll be no more sin or death, and God will wipe every tear from our eyes. And the curse that's on the earth and on our bodies, we're dying because of this curse of sin. It's going to be lifted. And uh, like that old hymn says, when we've, we've been there 10,000 years, uh, it'll be like one day because it's going to be eternity reigning, ruling with him, being in the presence of Jesus without all the the baggage that has come from 
from sin and from the fall. Uh, and so I, I think that's the picture. And if, if we've got a moment. Uh, Absolutely. Me, yeah. So uh, my wife and I have three children and uh, they're all adults and they have their own children now. But one of our daughters, when she was younger, she was the most dramatic of our children, uh, Rachel. And she uh, is this amazing woman of God. Uh, today, but here she is. She's maybe five years old, and I heard her crying. And I, I went up to the room, to her bedroom. I said, "Rachel, what's what's happened?" She said, "Dad, I I can't find my favorite toy. I lost my most favorite toy." And I said, "Oh, honey, what what was that toy?" And well, it turns out it was a little plastic toy from a McDonald's Happy Meal she had got the day before. <laughs> so. I said, Rachel, that that was not your favorite toy. Well, indignantly, she said, yes, it was, Dad. It was, I remember her words like it was yesterday. It was my most favorite toy in the whole world. <laughs> so I thought, okay, I'm, I'm not going to try and reason with her. So I uh, helped her look through the cluttered confinement of her bedroom, and we, we couldn't find it. We found some other now not-so-special toys, but didn't find that particular one. Um, and I thought, you know what, she's going to get over it. And she did in a few days, maybe maybe less than that even. And I think, you know, for us, all we see is this earth. And, 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 and our perspective is limited because the, the horrible things we see, it just seems like it's out of control. But, but this, this is not the end of the story. There, there is a whole other that God has in store for those who love him and who are walking with him. His desire is that we all have that relationship with him, right? 2 Peter 3, 9 says right. he doesn't desire that any should perish. Uh, but that's our choice to go, God, I don't want to have anything to do with you. But, but he wants us to, and he has so many things in store that we can't conceive. The glories that are going to be revealed um, uh, are going to overshadow uh, all of this realm right now. And I, I think that's the perspective God wants us as, as believers. He wants us to have that worldview, that perspective of eternity and to live in that today. Two things that I have heard repeated in our conversation so far are really having a kingdom perspective, looking at things from God's point of view, the bigger picture that we don't always get a full privy to, but that God will allow us to see. And then the second thing is that we have a choice. We have a choice. You said in the beginning that Satan chose to go against God. And then you just now talked yeah. about a choice, making a choice. Are there some final thoughts that you have of how we can get hope from tragedy and how we can see from God's perspective? Well, in terms of our choices, there's two, you know, God's creation, you could separate, separate it into three categories. The, the physical creation operates under the laws of causality or cause and effect. effect. A certain cause always has the same effect. The animal kingdom under the laws of instinct, but the, the kingdom of darkness or angelic beings, as well as human beings, we have freedom to choose. And God could have kept Adam and Eve from sinning by removing their ability to choose. The trouble with that is that a robot can't show love. Only a free being with an independent will can show love, right? So if love was to be a meaningful thing, 
Adam and Eve had to be allowed some form of free choice. And God gave them the freedom to choose wrongly, but nothing indicates that he wanted them to do so. So to have a love relationship, it must be reciprocal. You can't love someone who doesn't want to love you back, even for God. So if God created us for a love relationship, he needed to create us with the ability to do the wrong thing and to reject him and to go our own way. Uh, For love to be real, it must be possible to choose against it. Uh, and and so uh, we chose against it. And most of the suffering in the world, I believe, uh, from where I stand, is most of it comes from human selfishness. It's the reason there was a shooting at our base. It's the reason there's poverty in the world and wars and human trafficking. There are over 30 million slaves. Most of them are not us. sexual slaves, but they're, they're living in... in, in uh, in places where there's, uh, you know, they're, they're in unventilated sweatshops, most, mostly women and children. And all of this comes from selfishness. Uh, could God take that away? Yes, but would he be taking away our freedom? And that would mean that no one else could be saved because it has to be our decision. So let me end with a, another quote by C.S. Lewis then. Uh, he said, suffering is the price that had to be paid for love and freedom to exist at all. And so I, I believe that's really the biggest takeaway from, from the book I wrote, is that this breaks God's heart more than ours, but it is a reality in our world. It is. Peter, we have so enjoyed having you on the show. And so right powerful. now, yeah, everything wow. has been such a powerful word today. We're at that place in the show where we want to pray for our listeners, and we would love to have you pray over our listeners, and then we'll wrap up for the day. Thank you so much for being with us. My pleasure. Lord, I thank you for every person who listens to the program regularly, or maybe they just tuned in uh, as they were flipping through the the dial in their their radio in their car. But uh, for those who are listening, Lord, we want to pray for them today, that you would meet them right where they're at. Uh, God, that you would speak into that situation. We can give broad principles from your word, but you're the living God. And you are right there through the presence of your Holy Spirit uh, with those who are listening right now. Would you speak to them into their situation, what you're saying to them right now, your perspective? Uh, We pray that you would speak to them, Lord, that you would embrace them, especially those who maybe have lost a loved one or have gone through something where they're really struggling with with you. Uh, And would you minister to them, Lord, and speak to them? Uh, right where they're at. Uh, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I just think that everything we've talked about today, if there's anyone listening who is now going through some heartache and something that brings so many questions about who God is and where is God in their pain and how can they overcome, um, you know, perhaps the shooting hasn't stopped. And I use that metaphorically in their lives, they're still under attack. We just want to encourage the listeners today to go to God's word and then to seek God's heart first and foremost, because when we seek him, we will find him. And you have reiterated all of those things so beautifully today, Peter, we're so happy to have you. And we want to also encourage the listeners to utilize the blood and the work of Jesus on the cross, because that is power in our lives. And that is healing over our hurt and our pain. Peter, real quickly, how can we connect with you? 
The best way is through my website, peterwarrenministries.com. peterwarrenministries.com. If someone wants uh, um, a book, they can get it digitally, or I um, can send them a paper copy. Um, some, for some reason, I've had trouble with Amazon, so uh, they can get the Kindle version on Amazon, but not the paper copy. But the best way, uh, it'll get to them in a few days. Uh, we, my wife and I will send uh, a copy out to them, and it's all on the website there, an explanation and in details about this. But Awesome. Uh, yeah, com, And we'll have that there. in the show notes. Thank you again, Peter, for being with us. And thank you, listeners, for making Pass to Power part of your day. We want to encourage you to go courageously and live victoriously in this life that God has planned for you. You can connect with us on Instagram and Facebook, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube. And we just thank you for being with us today and making Pass to Power part of your day. We hope you were encouraged by today's episode of Past to Power with Amy Elaine Martinez and Latan Roland Murphy. Go to amyelaine.com to find out more about Amy's ministry, including her book, Becoming a Victory Girl. And go to latanmurphy.com to learn more about her award-winning book, Courageous Women of the Bible, and her ministry. Past to Power is a listener-supported ministry outreach. We depend on your prayers and donations. Check out the Victory Movement for ways you can partner with us to reach listeners with the power to go courageously and live in victory. Please join us again Saturdays at 6 a.m. and 4 p.m. for Past to Power. 94.7 FM, The Word.